You are listening to the Wild Buck Podcast, home of the best deer, exotic, and big game hunting throughout Texas, the U.S., and Mexico. Let's jump right in. Today, we are talking cottonseed with wildlife consultant Macy Ledbetter of Spring Creek Outdoors. Macy, thank you so much for talking with Wild Buck today. Um, we are in the prime of antler growing season, and one of the more popular supplements, cottonseed, is a topic many hunters and ranch owners debate whether or not to feed. Let's start with the pros. Why should cottonseed be fed, and does it really help grow bigger bucks? That's a great question, Carlos, and, and, and I get that question all the time as a consulting biologist, and people are always looking for the the next best thing or something in addition to you know, the, the standard O protein feed. And cottonseed does help fill that gap. It's it's very, very digestible. Deer, once they learn to eat it, they love it. Uh, the, there's a little bit of a trial and error where, you know, they have to understand that you can eat this white, fluffy stuff as opposed to eating corn or a pellet. But they once they recognize that, hey, this stuff is actually good and good for me, they eat the fire out of it. So it requires a, a little bit of a different feeder design uh, it does require fencing off, you know, from your cattle, your livestock, that kind of stuff. Um, but it is a very digestible, very nutritious supplement that really does help deer. really adds a lot of weight to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's high in protein and all that stuff, but it's also because it's, it's digestible. Uh, it's got the oils in, in the, the cottonseed itself. Uh, it helps their coat, and it really puts a lot of fat on those bodies, and, and it's Coming out of the late winter, you know, the post-rut uh, is an optimum time to start feeding that thing to, to get those deer, their body recovered as quickly as possible. Okay, now there are some cons to cottonseed. Uh, what should hunters and ranchers be aware of when feeding cottonseed? Well, there, there are a couple of cons, and, and one of them is, you know, the logistics. Uh, you pretty much cannot get cottonseed statewide. It's, you know, you, you got to be around a, a cotton gin factory to, to mm-hmm. save money. Um, that's, that's a big one, you know. So if you're, you're somewhere in, you know, two or three hundred miles away, it, it's going to cost you more for, for shipping and delivery. Another con is uh, they do make bagged cotton seed now, but it's not readily available. For, so for the most part, the cotton seed gin is going to bring you an 18-wheeler load, and they're going to dump it wherever you tell them to on the ranch, and then you have to manually handle it to get it from, the say, the barn where they dumped it into your feeder, which means you're going to have to pick it up, put it in you know, a truck or a tractor, take it out to the, to the feed pen, and then manually scoop it or bucket it or load it into the feeder. So you're going to have to handle it at least two and maybe three times. So, mm-hmm. so the cost savings, you know, whether it be a per, per ton or however you want to buy it, it does. It, it is cheaper on the uh, on the face value than a than a ton of feed. However, what is your time and your energy and your labor worth? And then, of course, the big one that people talk about is gossipol. Gossipol is basically a compound found in the oil um, from the the whole seed cotton seed, and it will kill live sperm. Hmm. Now, it's not instantaneous. This thing has to build up over time, um, but you can neuter you you can sterilize your bucks because the gossipol does kill live sperm 
So there, there's a little bit of some timing and some tricks to feeding cotton seed. And for example, you might want to feed it, say, from January or February all the way to about August and then stop. Mm-hmm. Quit filling your feeders. That gossipol has built up all spring and summer long into their body. Well, a deer that does not have hard antler, a deer that's growing antlers, he's in velvet, he's sterile anyway. He has no live sperm. If you've ever seen a buck, you know, like right now, his testicles are, are, are tight up against his body. There's no need to be hanging down. You're going to get in trouble. So they're kind of withdrawn in, internally to protect them. And so his testicles are very small. They're, they're basically laying dormant, if you would, mm-hmm. um, while he's growing antlers. And so his body is absorbing, is taking on this gossipol that, that we know kills live sperm. However, the buck has no live sperm to be killed. So no harm, no foul. Now about August, maybe as late as September, you let those feeders run dry. You don't refill them. And it takes about 30 to 45 days for that gossipol to clear his system. Well, then that that's about the time the buck starts rubbing, you know, his antlers get hard. He starts rubbing his, uh, rubbing the velvet off. And you'll notice his testicles descend from his body and they start to engorge. Now we're, we're producing live sperm. So a buck that has hard antler has live sperm. A buck that has growing antler is sterile. And so as long as you feed cottonseed during those sterile time frames um, and allow 30 to 45 days before the rut, uh, then it's not a problem. But if you forget, you'll be reminded with a very poor fawn crop. Mm. <laughs> and I have seen it several times. Um, some people think, well, I'm going to feed it year-round. And if, if you have a low deer density, if you have a great habitat and the animals aren't consuming much of it, then you can probably get away with it. But again, once they learn to eat cottonseed, they love it. And most people have more deer on their ranch than they probably need. And so they're going to eat a lot of it. So I, I would not do it. I would just, you know, I, I send out an email to my clients that do feed cottonseed in August. I send them an email. Hey, guys, remember, don't fill the feeders again. You know, whatever whatever cottonseed ba- is in the basket, let it run out. Forget it. You know, don't don't refill it. Um, just as a as a friendly reminder, because I have seen ranches with a zero percent fawn crop, and that's no good. Wow, very interesting. Um, as with all nutrition and supplements, there is a cost. Now, uh, why feed both cottonseed and protein pellets? Why not just one or the other? That, that's a great question, and, and most all of your quality protein pellets. Are considered a complete feed. They'll have you'll you'll hear buzzwords like nutrient package, trace minerals, macro and micronutrients. So think of it as you and I taking a one a day vitamin. All of the little minerals that we require every day is in that tiny little bitty vitamin that you take every day, and that's for organ health and bone health and that kind of stuff has all the, the, the littles and the big vitamins that you may not get through your processed foods. And, you know, we as humans are processing the heck out of our foods more and more and more. So we're, a lot of times we're getting less and less nutrition. So the vitamins are a great idea for you and I. And that's what the protein pellet is. It obviously is protein, you know, 17, 18, 20% protein. However, it has all of that little one-a-day vitamins, the minerals, the the, all of the little things that a deer needs for long bone growth, maybe heart health, maybe uh, uh, body core temperature regulation, that kind of stuff, the little bitty things. So most everybody gets caught up in 
protein feed, all they want to talk about is percent protein. And, and that certainly has some important arguments there, but it's not the protein that the pellets are bringing to your deer. It's the macro and the micro nutrients. It's the vitamins. It's what they call the trace minerals. Whereas the cottonseed does not have that much of the trace minerals. It is high in protein. It's very high in digestibility. It has the oils. You know, it has all the stuff that we've already mentioned, but it does not have a mineral package, you know, manganese, calcium, phosphorus, zinc, copper, salt. It doesn't have that kind of stuff, and that's where your protein pellet comes in. So they work really well in, in coordination or in tandem with each other because one of them basically complements the other. If someone is interested in starting a cottonseed program, uh, when is the best time of the year to start feeding it, and how should it be introduced? I recommend feeding it in the winter time when that animal is stressed nutritionally. Both, you know, your native habitat for the most part is defoliated. There's not a whole lot to eat in the pasture before spring green up. And then obviously he's coming out of the rut, so he's nutritionally stressed, he's physically stressed. And so when you introduce a new food, he's more likely to try it because there's not a whole lot of other options at the time. So so that means January and February. Um I like to use that V wire or horse panel wire. Uh, you know, the, the wire mesh is shaped like the, the letter V. Right. Or you could use like a, a two inch by four inch uh, rectangle wire. Uh, only, only need six foot length of it. I like it to be four or five feet tall, but you only need about six foot length of it and one T post. And you drive the T post in the ground and you tie one end of that, that, V wire to the T post, and then you make a cylinder or a loop, and you tie it back to that very same T post. And so that six foot length should give you roughly a two foot diameter cylinder. And so it's say five foot tall, and it's two foot across, and it's got one T post driven into the ground. And now now that basket won't fall over should the wind blow or the deer rub on it with their antlers or push on it. And then you back up your feed trailer, your truck, or your tractor bucket, and you manually scoop your cottonseed into that cylinder, and you fill it all the way up beyond full, mm-hmm. and and it will over time it, it will pack. It will it will have a kind of a crust on it, and it's just like water on a duck's back. You can you can take a bottle of water and pour it on there, and it falls off. It doesn't go down into it. It's really amazing once it gets that little hard shell on it. And then the idea of the V-wire, that's holding that cylinder, that cottonseed, in an upright vertical shape. And then the animals just put their their, their nose and their teeth right through that V-wire and pull it out, kind of like cotton candy. Uh, instead of eating it from the top down, they're eating it from the side. And as they eat from the side, then it, it you know gravity pulls it down, down, down. So it stays inside that wire cylinder, and it, so it's cleaner. The animals aren't stepping on it, they're not walking on it, they're not laying on it, they're not, you know, doing anything with it because they can't get to it. It's in this two-foot cylinder, and uh, it's just a all-you-can-eat buffet, more or less. Now, to get them on that, sometimes it, some deer herds are, are quicker to get on them than others, and I really don't know why that is other than maybe it has something to do with your native habitat. In other words, if you've got 15 or 20 good quality choice plants native plants out there it may take them a little while whereas most of your ranch might be 
buffalo grass and cedar and rock and you know pretty rough country with some pretty poor browse plants they may jump on it you know immediately again because they're a little more hungry um generally you're going to have to put some corn around it on it in it to teach them you know hey i can eat this white fluffy stuff again there's there's not much in nature uh, that's white and fluffy like that mm-hmm. now there's some grass seeds and a few things but from a deer browsing perspective there's really nothing that looks like it so at first they're not going to just flock to it you're going to have to probably teach them you know, hey, I can eat this funny-looking stuff, and it's and it's good. So some ranches can can start a feeding program literally within two weeks. Sometimes it takes two months, and and it it just depends on ranch to ranch. But I would start it in January when that animal is nutritionally as stressed as they're going to be for the rest of the year in your native habitat. Really not helping out because of the cold weather and the you know the ice and the defoliation. So. If you started it right now, you know, here we are, we've above average rainfall, grasses, green, brushes in excellent conditions. I think you may be disappointed because mm-hmm. why do they need to go eat your cottonseed when Mother Nature, the table is running over with quality browse right now? So so do it in January or February for, for quick response. Very, very informative. Uh, Macy, if uh, any of our listeners are interested in your wildlife so, uh, services, which include uh, aerial wildlife surveys, harvest and habitat improvement, uh, wildlife management plans, how can they get in touch with you? You can find me on the uh, World Wide Web at springcreekoutdoors.com. That's springcreekoutdoors.com. Got a Facebook by the same page, by the same name. Mm-hmm. So I, I work statewide. I work in New Mexico. Big ranch, small ranch, high fence, low fence, does not matter. Um, because we're managing a wild resource, we're managing habitat. And so, again, it doesn't matter if you own 200 acres or, or, or 20,000. The idea, the practices are all the same. It's just the scale of relativity is different. So it doesn't matter if you have a small ranch or, or not. I do a lot of wildlife conversions, tax conversions. So be glad to hear from anybody out there that needs any kind of help statewide, even Mexico. There you have it. The importance of cottonseed and how it can help grow bigger bucks from wildlife biologist Macy Ledbetter. Stay current with Spring Creek Outdoors on Facebook at Spring Creek Outdoors and springcreekoutdoors.com for complete wildlife consulting. If you enjoyed this, like, comment, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Wild Buck Podcast. For more hunting content, information, and photos, follow Wild Buck on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and subscribe to our podcast.